This is Anthems. My name is Danielle Bainbridge. I'm a professor and web series creator and host, and your word of the day is leftovers. When I worked up the courage to tell my father that I'm bisexual, via text like any good millennial, he responded by asking me to put away the leftovers. Well, maybe I should take this back a few steps. The scene, my childhood bedroom. I'm 29 years old and surrounded by the detritus of my teenage idolatry. Namely, the posters and pictures of sleepy-eyed, slightly boyish men that in my teen years I plastered over the robot wallpaper from my previous adolescence. The result is a weird kind of fossilization of my varied youth, or like looking at the concentric rings of a tree in order to determine the age of the plant. Twelve unsmiling images of James Dean I ripped out of a novelty calendar grace the walls next to a giant poster of Johnny Depp in the John Waters cult classic Crybaby, next to images of pouty boys in skinny jeans and rock bands. Reflecting on these images now, in the light of my coming out, it feels kind of like baby teenage Danielle was more than overcompensating. She was desperate to fit into the heteronormative world she grew up in, her predominantly white neighborhood, her all-girls Catholic school, and her conservative Pentecostal church. But baby teenage Danielle, as I like to call her, decidedly did not fit in. Her choice of wall art fully indicates that. Baby teenage Danielle sat up every night in her bedroom, itself a testament to her weirdness, and thought that James Dean and John Waters accurately reflected the interests of other teen girls in the early 2000s. And she was wrong. Terribly wrong. But on this day in question, I am 29 and not the scared little girl who nervously wallpapered over her queer feelings. I'm a woman in control of herself, her self-image, and her sexuality. At this point, I've been out in almost every way that matters to almost everyone that matters for almost six years, except with my parents. And it's not like I was scared or nervous of their reactions. It was more that I considered being queer an excess part of my personality. I am, and have always been, proudly and in no particular order, woman, black, the daughter of immigrants, a scholar, a writer, a sister, a friend. It seems so crazy to me now, but I worried that I would buckle under the weight of my own many monikers if I threw queer or bisexual on top of that identity pile. But for some reason, on that day in my room, surrounded by all of my posters and the junk that my parents store in there now that I've moved out for many years, it felt like the right time to pile on. I stopped asking myself, why do I need to tell my parents? And started asking, why not tell my parents? So I composed a little text that started and ended with some version of the phrase, I'm sure you've always known. And it turns out that I was entirely right in my assumptions. My father was completely unperturbed, even joking, and then he responded about putting the leftovers in the fridge. Well, more accurately, he asked me to put away the leftover spaghetti, noting that I should add a touch of olive oil to prevent the noodles from sticking together. And while I don't swear by my dad's olive oil spaghetti trick, his misplaced and flat-footed pragmatism in light of what I imagined in my mind would be my greatest confession made me realize that this is how I've always viewed my sexuality. It was the leftovers of my identity. The one bridge too far that I was scared to cross for fear that I would be indelibly changed after the journey. But that's no longer the case. 
I recognize now that being queer wasn't and isn't the one bridge too far, but rather the final bridge I needed to acknowledge in order to feel whole. And I know this isn't and can't be the case for everyone. Journeys take all kinds of different shapes and twists and turns. The road that worked for me may lead to treacherous disaster for someone else, and may still yet get another person lost in the woods. But take it from someone who's also chronically afraid of heights. My bridge was shaky and unstable at points, but it was enough to support my weight and sustained me until I reached the other side. I pray that yours will too. The older I get, the more I'm struck by the fact that you don't often realize just how heavy something you've been carrying really is until you go to lay it down. The split life I developed around my sexuality was one of those things. It wasn't until I laid down my burden and straightened my spine that I realized that, for me, I needed all of my names, identities, and monikers to feel whole. And suddenly, there was a void left over marked keeping my sexuality from my parents, where there once was a heavy load, and there was nothing remaining there but beautiful, flowing air, light as a feather, and freeing in its emptiness. But in light of this new freedom, I found myself occasionally asking, well, now what? What's left over of me? The answer is the same as it was before, with slight revision. I'm still proudly, in no particular order, Woman, black, the daughter of immigrants, a scholar, a writer, a sister, a friend, and queer. Now I don't know what burden you may need to name or put down, but I hope that you get there. And since hope is all that we've got most days, I also hope that you find a way to acknowledge all the parts of yourself that you need to feel whole. I hope that you realize that there are no parts of you that are leftover or surplus to requirements. I hope that you see that they are all essential. So tell the truth, whatever truth, that makes you feel less like a leftover and more like the main dish. Leftovers, definition noun, something, especially food, remaining after the rest has been used. <laughs>